The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. This is embarrassing. Amateur uh, kid stuff. Look, if we let our reputation slip, they're going to take us off the tourist literature. Last year, no one even showed up. No. Of all days, why did you pick Christmas? Why not Halloween? <laughs> now, who is filled with hopelessness and futility on Halloween? Christmas comes but once a year. Welcome to a very special December 8th Yuletide TV podcast, where three college friends try to find the best Christmas television in all of the lands. My name is John. It's John Week. Baby, that's why you're getting extra special energy, talk show host energy. And with that, I'm going to throw to my esteemed panel of co-hosts and ask them an important question. Do you believe in ghosts? Brian. Hi. Um, my name is Brian uh, from Utah, and uh, yes, I do believe in ghosts. Second follow-up, do you believe in goats? Do I believe in goats? Do you believe in goats? I absolutely believe in goats. Uh, one mm. almost fucked up my car. <laughs> oh. That's interesting. Goats, man. Yeah. Chris, do you believe in ghosts? I don't think I do. Mm. Ooh. Oh. Do you believe in, like, any extra, like, do you believe in any paranormal or extrasensory stuff? Uh, does the Loch Ness monster count? Yes, yes, but it's like the worst. It is literally the worst thing to believe in. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the two the two dumbest thing people believe in are the Loch Ness monster and the megalodon. I believe that there are things that happen in the world we cannot explain. How about that? How's that for a good cop out answer? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Hold on. Let's. We got to take a look at the uh, judges panel. Yes, that yeah, that does, yeah, that place. It cops. It copped out. Do you believe in goats? I believe in men who stare at goats. So I suppose yes, ah. I believe in goats. Yeah, we should all believe in the men who stare at goats because that shit really happened. And if you want to lose faith in humanity, I guess extra research for this podcast. Look up MK Ultra, everybody, <laughs> and feel sad with me. Does that movie deserve a rewatch? No. no. Okay. <laughs> No, that is a that is a rare miss by the Coens, and also a rare miss on like home run material. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a bad miss; it's not unwatchable. No, it's not. But should we go back? It's like when they have this weird fascination with George Clooney, and like George Clooney, I don't think knows how to be in those movies. It's like the same problem Burn After Reading has. Burn After, you're. I think you're the only person that I've met that says Burn After Reading's got a problem. It's not that good. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's, de- it's it's definitely not that good. <laughs> what? Also, just for point of clarity, the Coens are not involved with men that stare at goats. Oh, who is that one? It's someone named Grant Heslov. He directed a number of the Nespresso shorts with, oh. uh, I assume, Clooney. Yeah, that makes more sense. Like Clockwork from 2010 to 2018 he is directing nespresso shorts wow that is a long endorsement yeah that Jesus. i did not realize we're old 
Why does Nespresso think they're BMW putting out these short films with Clooney like it's Clive Owen? Because someone's got to pay George Clooney. I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> George Clooney, despite having no evidence of being good in anything but an Ocean's movie, we have to insist he's good. Does it, Hold on. I just had a thought, and I want to throw I want to pitch it to you boys, right? Is George Clooney the John Hamm of the 90s? No. No. Not, okay, not, even, not even remotely. <laughs> not even not even a little bit. Alright. No. I can see it. Clooney is way more successful. Like, do you kind of get the comparison though? No. But like also in the nineties we didn't punish people for sucking as much. It really took until the twenty tens to get even close to a meritocracy. Like we just kept letting Clooney direct movies and they all suck. <laughs> like, eh. But have you seen how handsome he is? That'll translate. Right. Well, you know, the argument is there's some magazine that did. He's the last true movie star. The movie that, you know, a movie star being defined as someone that people will show up for no matter the quality of the movie. Do they know Brad Pitt exists? Right. It's like him and Clooney and Hanks. It's like those are like the three that like, oh, I'm going to see the movie because of this actor. I guess I'm a bad one that because i'm too dorky about it like i'll show up for fucking john goodman sure <laughs> shit like that yeah like yeah so like i guess i'm a bad a bad hallmark for that i wouldn't show up for whoever the fuck played Mulder though oh duchovny yeah i feel like yeah. duchovny like the fact that we did not figure out a way to use him beyond this role is yeah a crying shame uh mm. i am he was in evolution Oh, which good. is that is true. A classic '90s, late early 2000s problematic comedy. You know, evolution is a mystery, much like ghosts. On Christmas, I'm gonna do a summary. Hard pivot of what, John? Tell us what we're watching. <laughs> yeah. I we are. Oh, we are. We didn't. I guess we didn't say it. So much like the men who stared at ghost is a extra sensory government program. So is the stuff in the X-Files, I presume. I don't really know what agency they look for. I never watched this, because it's the second week of Blind Pick Week. It's our Blind Pick Week gimmick. I never watched the X-Files. I know that seems weird, but I don't know. I was eight when this shit came out, and I think the only thing that was appointment television for me to watch was WCW Nitro. I had to see if Sting won. Woo! He always, he always won. Woo! Woo! But yeah, we're watching The Ghosts. Who, what is it, Ghost Who Stole Christmas? How yeah. how the ghost stole Christmas. Stole Christmas. How ghost the ghost stole Christmas. Stole Christmas. Which uh, is a bop. It's a pretty cool thing. I never watched X-Files. It never never appealed to me. David Duchovny owns, Jillian Anderson owns in the same way that we used every woman in the 90s. Like, every woman over 30 could only be Jillian Anderson's role. And it's kind of sad. But good show. I got a cool summary. Do you guys have any X-Files thoughts before we jump into the summary? I never watched it also, but this episode made me want to watch more. Yes. Right? <laughs> I will I will say the same. And also, uh, the only reason I was aware of X-Files as a cultural thing is because of the Green Bay Packers. Because you, what? you, know, you know you were watching that. Because when this was like at the height height of its popularity, what are you watching on Sundays? You're watching that... You're watching that Fox Packer coverage, and you're watching all the promos for what do they got? They got Simpsons. They got probably some Malcolm in the Middle, King of the Hill in that mix. Yeah. And what are you capping the night off with? X Files. 
So it's like all X-File promos <laughs> all the time in that late 90s Packers coverage. Dude, I never thought about it, but do you think people that grew up in AFC cities have like a cultural affinity towards CBS? Because all of our games were on Fox. Oh, yeah, I mean... So, like, oh. we, like... And we all, like... I don't know. I I know I really like The Simpsons, and a lot of that is because it probably came on after football. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some, like, diehard 60 Minutes fans out there. <laughs> oh, I guess that's a good point. Not a good structure by CBS. No, because... Bad I, work. Because I think, like, for a while, they, like, just did... Like, they did just, like... I'm not gonna even bother looking it up, but I think they just did like movies. Like I think they like just did like it was like 60 minutes from like six to seven, and then seven to ten. Here's a movie of the week. Yeah, they had a James Bond run for a while, and they just roll old Bond films. That's the only reason I've watched anything, <clears throat> any Bond with Timothy Dalton. They seem to play Deep Impact like every other month too. <laughs> <laughs> like Disney, Disney owned Armageddon, so that was played on ABC a lot. And CBS had some Viacom connection to Deep Impact. So it's just like you're just watching Elijah Wood run up that hill as the tidal wave comes in. <laughs> I forgot all of these movies. Yeah. And, yeah. To, to, to get us back on track a little bit with X-Files, it's just been sitting in my brain for a bit. I want to get it out there verbally, okay? X-Files uh, for this show has easily one of the top five intros as a banger song oh that theme song? yes oh my uh, God. also the visuals that accompany it i mean yes just a yeah. very much a product of its time <laughs> absolutely almost as much as becker almost as much as yeah i mean in some similarities there i mean in all honesty this episode overall a certain amount of similarities to becker uh, but also some very stark differences <laughs> Welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast where everything is Becker. <laughs> John hit us with that summary. So this episode starts out with Mulder Scully and Dr. John Becker staking out a house. <laughs> Hanging out in a diner and Becker Mulder goes and looks over at Becker. Wanna go check out a haunted house? No, I got plans. <laughs> so Mulder and Scully go check out a haunted house. And Scully is none too pleased that it's Christmas. Mulder goes to investigate, and Scully accompanies, only because she her keys go missing. Maybe from a sly ghost. Spooky. <laughs> as they, ooh, spooky. As they search the house, mysterious lights turn on. Mulder informs Scully that the house has a constant string of double murders. After a couple in 1917 had a murder-suicide pact, because the year 1917 wasn't fucked up enough. They find bodies shot to death in the floorboards that are wearing the same clothes as Mulder and Scully, which is extra spooky. Then the house shifts, separating them before Scully meets the owner, well trapped behind a brick wall. The owner gives him a very poor mental health assessment. Then Scully meets the other owner, the who suggests that Mulder has her keys. I am unfamiliar with these characters, so calling them by their last names, really hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always think I know who's who, and then I the don't. Man and the woman. <laughs> yes, oh, no, the oh. man and the woman. Oh, oh you're talking these... about Mulder and Scully. Yes, yeah. really hard. Yeah, really hard. Really... Unfamiliar with these oh, characters. Yep. Scully seems like a more masculine feeling name to me, so my brain is having a challenging time. Just here's 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 a good shortcut. Mulder, man. 
it's not gonna take okay. it. It's not gonna okay, take but back on track. We're retracking. We have put the train back on the rails. Basically, they both meet owners of the house after being separated. They both get really poor pop psychology assessments, and it is suggested that Mulder has trapped Scully and that they're trying to kill each other by the owners. But the ghost do not or the ghosts underestimate the power of cynicism and misanthropy on Christmas, and their plan is foiled, meaning that they will eventually fall out of the Taurus ghost literature. That's kind of a bad summary. A lot happens in this episode. It's very long, and I don't want us all to be here for 75 hours while I go over all the details. Yeah, you don't want to was... occur in this summary. <laughs> I don't want to occur in this summary. So, yeah, I enjoyed this. I think it is... It is an incredibly 19, what is like 19, this would have been 1999, like the most 1999 things that are scary list. <laughs> like it's, it's got a spooky house. That house is from the early, the early 20th century, which I think is like really fun to think about in terms of how we would relate to 1917 as Americans, because that year is fucked where it's like, what's going on in the world? We got a pandemic that's like fucking us all up. Oh, we're also adding a war to that pandemic. This is 1917, by the way, to our listeners. Not yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Actually, and also to keep tying parallels, two of our allied countries, communist revolutions go on. Like, everyone is just constantly getting bombarded by, like, perceived threats or actual threats of just, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the worst time to be alive. Like, 1917 couldn't be worse. So I think it's very interesting that they were, like, that we seem to have, like, a lot of media that's scary is like always centered on these like art deco early 19th early 20th century houses Mm -hmm. where it's like oh man this is like the scariest fucking thing possible a old house (laughs) (laughs) it also has a really great trope and they do it really well too it's the lady in white which is lily thompson who when i saw that uh name appear in the intro credits i got very excited yeah they're uh i love both of the guests are great yeah. yeah oh yeah, and asked her too as it was it was double whammy yeah. you know you saw i saw lily's name and then i was like "Ooh, yay lily thompson did this and then i saw ed yeah. asner and i like got out of my seat very Great. unbelievable couple but yeah, so job. unbelievable <laughs> love ed asner who doesn't it's the voice it's 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 that gruff comfort love his hat reveal love mm-hmm. that bit oh yeah both both the reveals i'm like oh that's uh you know, for network television in 1999, pretty, you know, not yeah. bad uh, special effects. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I do like, the, I really enjoyed the bit where it's like, why would you show me that? Well, you're not going to eat any Christmas ham, are you? <laughs> 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 One of my first notes is like, this is the house from Resident Evil for sure. Easily. And then when the house started shifting around and doing like magic house shit, I'm like, it is the house from Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you describe that magic house shit. Did this strike you guys also as kind of a bottle episode? Oh, it's got to be. I mean, hundred percent. It. I. Yeah. You know. I. I don't know anything about this show. I did see that this was coming off of a two-parter, so that seems like it had some. You know, pretty big mm. narrative impacts, and maybe they. You know, it's probably sweeps when sweeps were still a thing. So like, they probably spent a little bit more budget. So they're like, okay, we're gonna build, which is. In all honesty, a very nice library set piece. Mm-hmm. And we're just yeah. going to stick them in here for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, they actually just kind of, sh even when they, like, shift the house, they're like, just this room and the foyer. These are what we have. Right. Don't go elsewhere. Not showing anything else. I thought the ghost motivation were hilarious. I thought that was, like, the, the best bit of the episode. Talk, talk through that a little bit more, because I... I will say, as much as I enjoyed this episode, I like I was engaged because the writing and the performances are good. I don't know that the story overall really, like, I wasn't that invested in like, oh, they're both lonely people and they're, I don't know. Oh, so, I I think the will they won't they of Mulder and Scully was shit. Yeah, and like the ghost not understanding their relationship to like hint at it for you, the viewer was like stupid. But uh, I think, I think the ghost being like, we are killing people and driving them mad so they kill each other, because we want to be in the tourist handbook so our house doesn't get torn down and right. we're to haunt, is like tight. <laughs> That's a very funny premise, and I think it's like I love that more than like why are the ghosts killing people? They're evil spirits. <laughs> it's like no, they're like former humans and they like want to spend eternity together that's why they did their shitty little murder suicide well it's it's the equivalent of this day and age doing shitty things for instagram followers yeah yeah exactly like <laughs> it translates like, oh, very man. well to 2021 if we keep this up we could be in the next video game about ghosts <laughs> you know like i love i thought that premise was like very very good that worked really hard for that worked so well for me and i just love that I just kind of love the cantankerousness of their, their old person love. But, like, they also died young but then aged, which I thought was weird. But good go-off ghosts. Yeah, but they only aged to a certain point, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a, like Mennonite traditions where it's like, and God said technology was bad only after 1880. He loves, the, he loves that fashion. More of that fashion. <laughs> like, I just don't know if I had, like, if I was a ghost and I could be anyone, I just think i wouldn't go at asner no okay who's your pick i'd just be hot i'd be a hot <laughs> ghost <laughs> to what end though to be hot brother <laughs> do you think when you become a ghost following your death all of a sudden it goes into like your video game character creation mode and you're able to like play with the nose no i think i think you have a lot of they can do a lot of shit like they mind controlled Mulder and scully into pretend shooting each other that's fair. They do have a lot of creative power. You're like you can you can make people see how you want to see. I would be a hot ghost. I would make them see me as hot, and then I would drive them insane into killing each other. <laughs> Obviously, I would be a vain ghost. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, why not be vain? You got time to do whatever you want. So give vanity a try. You know what? I guess I shouldn't. They those ghosts have been around for eighty years, being doing ghost shit. They probably had done hot ghosts before, and they're over it. Yeah, they're like, you know, they probably had like really experimented, figured out what the best way to make couples murder suicide, and they were like, old people. Hot ghosts, hot ghosts just isn't doing it. People are yeah. too attracted to us. <laughs> they want to stick around. We need to turn this around. We need people yeah. to want to kill other people, and uh, <clears throat> sexy time just sexy time. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. No, we can't do that. Gotta gotta be old ghosts. We gotta be old ghosts into psychoanalytics. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to think that there were just like a couple psychology books from 1917 
in that library and that's like all they had to read which is why they don't have any updated or more in-depth information like maybe it wasn't even a book it was just like a pamphlet on pop psychology it's like okay well let's get into that it is funny that like i know john you had some problems with the psychoanalysis that went on in this in this episode but i also enjoyed the fact that like ed asner did not like it either like yeah he's like he's like like this i really hate this is the angle we have to use now and so i think that explains maybe to a degree like why it's not that good because they're like kind of fucking hate it i've been consuming a lot of 90s media over like the last couple months and i think we just what was i think it was like kind of like when we really started to get interested in like psychology but like we it's not like as culturally mainstream as it is now where we're like oh like psych this person has an anxiety disorder here's what that means like we at that time, you probably have, like, three words people know where it's, like, anxiety, depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, because they're, like, noticeable in, in reality. Like, Mulder doesn't have anything close to obsessive-compulsive disorder, and I think we, like, live with a lot of symptoms of 90s media, so I do kind of want to take, like, a little aside to be, like, obsessive-compulsive disorder isn't, like, liking something or, like, being into ghosts and, like... Like, you can just like a ghost or a conspiracy yeah. theory and be interested in that and, like, have that be a big part of your personality. That's just part of your personality. Like, at a party, that would be considered annoying. Yeah, you can be annoying. That doesn't make you obsessive compulsive. Hey, hey, how'd you meet Chris? Oh, you know, uh, we met in college and stuff. Hey, did I tell you about the haunted mansion down the street? Oh, fuck <laughs> again. You're that guy. That shit is closer to having attention hyperdeficit disorder and that being your hyper focus at the moment. Like what obsessive compulsive disorder is, is like being like, if I don't wash my hands, my mom is going to explode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, I, if, the, if I don't cross into through this doorway with my left foot, I will die. Yeah. It's, it's like an incredibly debilitating thing for people. And I really, really hate when like pop psychology and techno babble and television delegitimizes people who really really struggle yeah and i think we live with i watching a lot of 90s stuff has a lot of psychology um i've been watching a lot of like sopranos and they do that shit constantly where it's just like uh actually the only thing we understand that we only the only thing that tests well is freud so we're just doing freud and young and we're doing dream analysis and it's like i swear to god i want to fucking jump off a building <laughs> if you want if you want i and i could be wrong but uh in my mind, it makes sense. But if you want a good representation, listeners of OCD, watch the uh, Michael J. Fox guest appearance on Scrubs. Yeah, I think he does a That's... phenomenal job with that and portraying it accurately. I, isn't Scrubs supposed to be like one of the better shows in terms of um, techno babble? Like, yeah, I think in like terms of like med- medical accuracy. Yeah, yeah, because there's another episode about psychology where um, Dr. Cox is dealing with a friend's death, and it's like really like a really good depiction of like uh stress-induced identity disorder and stuff yeah psychology corner aside uh just because i had mentioned it the similarities in aesthetic that they went with for julian anderson to lorraine bracco on sopranos is like one-to-one and <laughs> i know we, we had talked about it yesterday about like man if you're from the 90s boy did we hate women <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i literally think that executives like when things were being tested were like this is the only thing that works for a woman past 24 she needs to be 
always in a business suit, and she needs to have that weird little bob haircut. That's all. That's the only way it works. You can't... If you try to make them look hot, I swear to fucking God, they are professionals, and they are actually always the wet blanket. They never have fun. Never has a woman had fun in her life. <laughs> like, How dare you imply such a thing? Yeah. That's like the my my issue immediately with this the Scully character is like I'm sure like I don't know I I this is the only episode of X Files I've watched in my whole entire real life but I assume she's seen ghosts before. Yeah. Well, what 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 season was this by now? This is like this season is six. four or five. Season six. This, sorry. <laughs> okay. This is season ten, six. Ten. Yeah. I think they've seen some wild shit leading up to that point. But also, I remember when X Files came back and it wasn't part of the early pandemic we're gonna reboot everything run it was part of like the 2015 we're gonna reboot everything run and fox brought back x-files and i remember watching the first episode which had joel McHale in it which for me tonally was very odd because i think i was really into community at the time as well anyway and I remember watching the first episode thinking like, oh, okay, cool. This is like a decent like season arc. And then I remember watching the next episode. And it seemed like the characters had no idea that the first episode of the reboot happened. And that it was, you know, just kind of like its own thing. It's almost like every episode is self-contained. And the people have no previous knowledge of other episodes. Unless... The writers decide it's got, you know, something to do with the overall plot. But I, it's just a very odd, it just seemed very odd to me that that was their choice in, you know, narrative. It was very different from, you know, the typical format of we're going to have this episode be its own story arc. And it's going to have this short kind of thing, but it's also going to tie into a larger arc because we're going to mention it. We're going to talk about stuff. You know, I think we talked about this a little bit when we reviewed Arrow, where it's like, this is before the dawn of the mid-season finale. Like, so this is, like, we're not, like, before we're the not, ta- yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you're, this is like, oh, like, it's Christmas time, we need to do Christmas, and people will come back, and that's where we'll kind of, like, pick up the larger story threads. I think maybe what is giving us issues with, like, she has for sure seen a ghost in her life and like that kind of stuff is like we in the 90s we weren't expecting character growth on television as much because like like serialization wasn't as big of a deal and like even if it was the serialization could be more surface level it seems to be what the show wants for people to care about is like are they gonna kiss are they gonna are they but are they gonna kiss yeah, there was a ghost, but what if they kissed? So, like, I think maybe her just being, like, maintaining a skeptic, like, a skeptic perspective is more important to the show than her being, like, okay, maybe there are ghosts and aliens. And, like, we've seen these ghosts and aliens, but this isn't a ghost. Like, just, like, they don't expect you to have seen it because there wasn't a streaming service in 19... This would have been 1999. I don't even think TiVo existed at that point. So, like, there wasn't a way for you to rewatch it, and they're not going to expect you to have watched six fucking seasons. No, there was absolutely a way of watching it, and this is a long-forgotten art of having a blank VHS tape. Or buying the seasons on VHS. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want 20,000 VHS tapes for one season? Yeah. 1999 would have been... What was the thing that predated DVD? That was a disc? Laser disc? Laser disc. Would have been laser disc. You can buy the first season on laser disc. (laughs) But yeah, like, I think there's just less expectation. So, like, maintaining the tenor of the show was probably something the writers valued more than, like, a serialized story. Because, like, I think you could probably just whip these guys in a million bottle episodes and I'd have a great time. Yeah, I mean, it's... Once you diffuse that tension, as you, like, you were saying, like, once she accepts, like oh, the world, there is weird stuff happening in the world. Like, you probably, like, lose a lot of what makes the show interesting. It's What makes the show interesting is the clash of dynamic between the believer and the skeptic. And so once that goes away, you have a problem. But I guess, I mean, I didn't have that much of an issue with it. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, obviously, the show going on this long and the show being what it is, like, she's like, oh, come on, she hasn't experienced something like this before. But it's... I don't know. I didn't have as much of a problem with it because it made it very easy to drop into. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like yeah. I was engaged with this immediately in a way I was not expecting to be. And it's because there's a lot of care taken with the writing. I think that, you know, you see something. I feel like we've watched a lot of Christmas episodes that are just like, fuck, we need to do a Christmas episode. So mm-hmm. here we go. This episode could have happened at any time in the season like it is not christmas dependent really but being said at christmas i mean ed asner and lily tomlin even make a joke where they're like oh you couldn't we couldn't have done this at halloween <laughs> like you know like part of the problem they're having attracting people is the fact that it's christmas but it just raises those stakes a little bit more and there is still a lot of care taken in like this is not a throwaway episode like they still wanted this episode to be good and you see that, I think, come through a lot in ways that we don't in a lot of other shows where they're like, have someone like presents a lot and have them learn about, you know, being nice at Christmas. Like this, this, this goes way beyond that. They're nice to each other because they realize they're, the ghost taught them a lesson about being alone on Christmas. You got to be with your homies. Mm-hmm. Send your homies, get your homies a weird little gift. And don't do a murder suicide. Never do a murder suicide. Yeah. It was a nice departure from the Christmas format, too, in which we don't even know what the gift is that they got each other at the end of the episode. Which I was I was I was upset about that. Super I was like, annoying. I was like, this almost goes straight to lump of coal for me, just because we didn't see what the gifts were. <laughs> what would you have gotten each of them? I just want to know because she gives him a tube, right? Mm-hmm. And he gives her more of a traditional smaller thinner box mm-hmm. i don't know i'm just like what's in the tube what did we socks tube of socks tube socks tube socks, tube socks. Tube what if it is um polish for that sick leather jacket <laughs> well again i still think at this point in time we are still in the realm of the 90s where all men's clothing looked like they were kids wearing their dad's suit <laughs> Yeah, right. Just everything I mean, is just a, a little too big. Yeah, everything's know, just man. a he little was... big. Look at Friends. Uh, you know, Chandler's well, always yeah, wearing but... shit that's bigger than him. I think Mulder looked cool. Yeah, you looked cool. Looked I'm not saying he didn't look cool. cool. I'm just saying that jacket was a little too big. Big difference. Just a little. It's just a little bit big. Little, I guess little. I'm looking at I'm looking at 
pictures of it and he you're right he does wear a few very big jackets yeah right it's like (laughs) it's like you're at the store and for some reason like oh fuck i i need a jacket but they only have one size larger than i normally wear fuck it we'll get it i hate that i hate that look and especially as like a person who's kind of like i have like circus strongman proportions where it's like where do you carry your mask exclusively across the shoulders and chest and then i got a little tum-tum and it's like Oh, that's like, so like what jacket will fit you? None. You may wear a baggy jacket. <laughs> that is the only jacket for you. And it's like, but right. I want to look cool. No. At, no. As a tall man, <laughs> the only shirts that have the length that I need are extra large shirts. But it's also like a very baggy shirt for me. I hate that because yeah. if I feel large shirt, too short. Yeah. Fits everywhere else. I hate the crop top and I hate the circus tent. I really, it's really a battle. And yep. I built like a snake. I built like a... Like a snake, so I need I need a lot of shirt. I'm all torso. <laughs> like a snack. Like a snake. <laughs> a little snacky boy. Snack. What, uh, I guess, guess as we're con- getting near the conclusion here, I need to know what holiday you would haunt. Ooh, what holiday That's would you haunt? question. Um, I would haunt Arbor Day. I want to say 4th of July, but it's tough because... You need you need more of a fall, winter, spring where like people are gonna be inside somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you can that's haunt. a good point. Unless you can haunt a whole. Park. If everyone's, yeah, I think I it mean, depends if... how you die too. Truthfully, but firework accident. Yeah, the... like if you die in a firework accident, you're a Fourth of July ghost. This is a true true thing that in my hometown on Fourth of July, there is a large portion of people that watch the town fireworks display from the cemet from a cemetery mm. just sitting on top of people's graves yeah that's fair but i just think the ghosts you would have to be friends with on the fourth of july would suck oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> bunch yeah. of like bunch of dummies yeah like as you're like trying to get someone else to blow themselves up with fireworks you're like hanging out with cletus and then fucking megatommy and like you're just probably having a pretty bummer of a time uh <laughs> I, Arbor Day would be insufferable too. It'd just be like a bunch of, oh, man. bunch of fucking libs. Right? Can, <laughs> can I? Can I? Owning the lib goats. Can I pick like a regional yeah. holiday? Great. Yeah, absolutely. I would haunt Beyonce Day in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> and just freak people out, rocking out to Beyonce as they like take a shower in the morning to get ready for their day like beyonce day. i don't know any beyonce songs which is also adding to it that and i would just change it i would just any beyonce songs come on you, brian you do not know single ladies i i don't choose to you do not know body and, and you don't choose to i hate single ladies as a song i really mm. do oh, just because ladies. i don't like i don't like the structure oh. of it like it, lyrically it's too repetitive you just you just you just can't do the dance, can you, Brian? Yeah, that's you what you're upset about. You just can't do the dance. I would haunt the Great Wisconsin Cheese Festival in Little Shoot, <laughs> and I would just complain about the spread of like wine cheese spread. I would just stand by the booth and be like, "This doesn't taste good. You know, this doesn't <laughs> taste good. You just like that it's two products from Wisconsin." <laughs> 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 just, I would save your whole day is just dunking on people as a ghost, <laughs> and I would save so many charcuterie boards. Yeah, <laughs> you probably would. I, I like to change my answer to the Minnesota State Fair. <laughs> That's a holiday in and of itself. 
don't eat that fried butter. <laughs> don't yeah. eat the fried butter. You're going back again, huh? The funniest thing that came out of this past summer's Wisconsin State Fair was, like, two days after it opened, there was some someone, like, posted this story online about how someone saw a, dem- a demonic figure, like, after Hell close yeah. while they were cleaning up. That's awesome. You know what I think the logical, an- the scully answer to that is? Is the Wisconsin State Fairgrounds is next to a, ba- is used for a big, giant, inflatable spirit Halloween <laughs> yeah. during the fall. So... Probably that's just cool. a Halloween costume. It's, a, it's yeah. a giant half pumpkin that someone deflated one year, and it was kind of funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one loves their state fairs more than Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. I just want to say that. As someone who is Oh, lived, no, Brian uh, says Wisconsin wrong now. What? You say Wisconsin wrong now. You've gone too west. How did I say it? I didn't mean Wisconsin. to. I, I can come back. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, it's an I, son. It's an I, not an E. Yeah, as I've disserviced a very good episode of television enough, want to do some ratings? Let's do it. Fuck, I'm surprised we're not rating right now. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to rate first? I'll go first. I think as a TV show, this is very good. And uh, like I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch X-Files now because I'm curious. But as a Christmas episode, this was a lump of coal. Whoa. I have never Whoa. heard a wronger take. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't listen. How, we we didn't we didn't even ask how Christmassy this episode was because it wasn't. It was hardly Christmassy at all. It was raining. There was lightning. This is a better Halloween episode than it was a Christmas one. Ed Asner knows it, and you know it, and I know it. They say Christmas so much. It doesn't matter. It doesn't feel Christmassy <laughs> to me. They say Yuletide twice. It doesn't feel Christmassy to me. It's a lump of coal. I'm not going to watch this with my family. The key premise of this episode is that they need to get people to commit a murder-suicide, specifically on Christmas Eve. That does, you can say it as many times as you want. It doesn't make me feel holiday. Hey, man. Christmas oh. means a lot of things to a lot of people. I think you're being, I think you're being, uh, you know, not woke enough. You're just being wow. Christian normative. Oh, this is uh-huh. mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, John, you want me to save this? Yeah, please. Christmas classic, easy, Woo! easy Christmas classic. Correct take. Oh, Correct take. Yeah. It. I, Brian has a point. Brian has a point in that the the Christmas feels that they try to get to in this episode are not super effective. They did not land for me. But beyond that, very good episode of television. It is Christmassy. They have Christmas carols. It's set at Christmas. You have Ed Asner, the uh, somewhat de facto all-around Christmas man who has been in multiple Christmas media. Rest in peace. I enjoyed it. It was just, especially coming off of Becker, where this this episode ends literally the same way Becker does. It is the li- like it is literally the same as Becker, but it's just overall way way better. And uh, I would definitely watch this again on Christmas. It is a great break from your traditional sitcom fare. It is got the spookiness uh, if you like a little spookier Christmas stuff. And I I would I would definitely watch this one again. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it has a core tenant of just about being together on Christmas. Which is good. That's like a good thing for people to hear and not have Christmas be like, I don't know, about the, about gift giving or a big event. Like, fuck, just be nice to your homie. Be with your significant other. Don't commit a murder-suicide to be with your significant other. But be with them, you know? 
Like it's it's a tight premise. It's a Christmas classic. I actually probably will watch this a lot. I think this was a delight. I had a wonderful time. I've been watching a lot of well, not a lot, but Shoshana and I have been watching Buffy, and she really likes Buffy, and this has strong Buffy vibes. Like it's a wild how like tonally similar these shows are. And I'm I was watching it without her, and I'm like, oh, we definitely should watch this one together because you would love this. Yeah. So good podcast. I am going to take my spooky Christmas baton, and I'm going to politely hand it to Chris. Also, just because I I forgot I was gonna I was gonna trigger warning before I hand it. I'm gonna take my time to be like, hey, if you are feeling some type of way on Christmas, please call somebody. This is a very bad time. For a lot of people, don't be like Ed Asner, and uh, don't do that shit. Get some help. We uh, we love you. We say it every podcast. We don't say it as a joke. We mean it for each and every one of you, mm-hmm. like twelve hundred people. Very well said, John. And I will say nothing else to that because I can't top what you just said. So we're gonna pivot hard into wrapping up the episode by saying we're coming back on friday by closing out our blind pick week by watching bones uh (laughs) (laughs) why did i forget we were watching bones probably because it's forgettable thugs in harmony yeah i i really wanted to get i I don't know if you've ever seen the brooklyn 99 clip of andre breger just saying Bone. Oh, bone. Like, someone, someone, someone asked him if him and his husband bone, and he's just so incensed that someone would refer to it as bone, and he just says well, bone over and over again. And well, it's part so of the funny. joke too is he's so pent up. As soon as yeah. someone says it, it's the only thing you can think about. Yeah. I, <laughs> I refer to it show. exclusively as setting sails on the sexy seas. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we're going to find out if we're going to get down and bone with bones. Uh, the third season episode, Santa in the Slush. As a warm-up to watching this, you guys should all watch the Billy on the Street segment where he goes around asking people if they're sad when Bones ended. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> bones is going off the air. Are you sad? What is that? There's a lot of people going, what is that? Would you like to know what was on my Hulu header when I opened it to watch this ex- episode of X-Files? Was it Bones? Bones? It was Bones. Bones. Yeah, nice. It knew. The algorithm's getting stronger. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has truly fucked my algorithm so yeah. far up. Oh, man. My, my Disney, every time I log into Disney+, Plus. The first, like, the first bar they have is recommended for you, and it's all, like, Mickey Mouse Christmas shorts. I'm just like, (laughs) I get it, but also... You gotta come up with a profile just for this podcast to not fuck with your own recommendations. I mean, honestly, someday when we have, when we make money from this podcast, maybe we can source our own subscriptions that we share and... (laughs) My girlfriend used her Disney Plus to, or my Disney Plus to watch all the Marvel movies sequentially during the panorama, <laughs> and so it only thinks I like superheroes. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, and it, before that, it was like, do you want to watch The Simpsons? You've only ever watched The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. I so feel, now feel... it's like, do you watch The Simpsons movie? Watch every Simpsons crossover with Marvel property. That's like all it recommends to me. I feel like Disney's got a bad algorithm. <laughs> that's that's to me what that says.
I would say it is the worst streaming service I own. I mean, HBO Max has a really bad user interface. Debatable. All right, so, hey, you know what today marks as well that's really important? <laughs> what? Halfway point of the podcast. We're right in the middle. So, really important, good time, because we still have a couple weeks till Christmas. Rate, review, subscribe, stick with us. Uh, reviewing the podcast, we, we ask for it every episode, but uh, just as a reminder, it just helps other people find us. Anytime you leave us a review, it just connects us with other podcasts, gets us in other people's recommendations, and just helps elevate our profile. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you leave us a nice one, we'll feature it on uh, social media probably. So there's incentive as well. Uh, you can reach out if you're more private about your feedback. You want to reach out to us, yuletidetv at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at yuletidetv, to know when all the new episodes are coming. And sometimes we post other fun things occasionally. And that's all there is. This has been kind of a long episode, but a good one, a fun one, and uh, we hope you come back. So until next time, I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I am sorry, but also John. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We're glad you're still alive. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.